I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize these guys are funny in justin fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football this guy okay and folks, is some a fidget of the best spare. gamblers i've come to know if you're betting on usc and or tcu let it be known you are a square tcu is gonna hammer this team tomorrow night i hate to hear that tomorrow when we come back in here on monday you're gonna be happy as a lark because usc lost but you're gonna be wrong about tcu Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. Casey, I should have had you ready to queue up. Welcome to the jungle. We did that last week, but we'll end the show with it today. This is Box Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. I'm Reed Mouse, Paul Fritzner, to my right, and then, of course, the other cast of characters, Brandon Seho. And Casey McAllister. We got a good show today. Um, Tom had a great show, so we'll People keep it rolling. Okay. Trace is okay. Trace is okay. He's got a meeting. He and I think him and Tom are going to go do a meeting, try to make this company some money. So we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it rolling. But we're going to start the show off, and we're going to talk about, of course, the the big news, which is the Bengals Bills this Sunday divisional game. And there seems to be sort of this mentality that for some reason people are so low on the Bengals because of the way they played against the Ravens, but you don't hear a similar tune said against about the Bills and the way that they played against the Dolphins, and I'm genuinely wondering why it is that way. Listen, for what it's worth, the Bengals played better than the Bills this past Sunday. Let's break it down a little bit. So obviously the Bengals offense really didn't move the ball a whole lot. They only got the ball seven times. The way John Harbaugh schemed up that game, we knew it was going to be a muddy mess, and they planned that to perfection. Only giving the Bengals the ball seven times was exactly in their game plan, and it almost worked, but the defense came through when it needed to. Meanwhile, the Bills, they had 16 possessions. They scored on six of those 16 possessions, so about a third, while the Bengals almost scored on half of their possessions. They scored on three of seven. If the Bills give the Dolphins 15 possessions, why can't... The Bills give the Bengals 15 possessions. They almost lost to a quarterback who has the worst stat line that I've ever seen in a postseason. 40% completion percentage, 18 for 44. And still, the Dolphins put up 30 points. And let's talk about the teams themselves that they played. The Bengals played the Ravens, who went about 500 over the last eight weeks despite losing their star quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Meanwhile, we were talking about the Dolphins being a Super Bowl team when they started out the season 8-3. and three, And then they limp in, almost losing seven of their last eight games. And then you face a third-string quarterback who had only one start. And you give up 30 points at home. And let's talk about the defenses. Bengals, though they gave up 155 yards on the, on the ground and never were able to get off of the field, still, when it came to crunch time, got the big stop. They not only got the big stop, they had a 14-point swing, of course, on Sam Hubbards. 
And that's what the Bengals defense continue to do, does time and time again. Meanwhile, the Bills give up 30-plus points. And, and granted, there was three turnovers. But they give up 30-plus points to the Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. Guys, what am I missing on this chatter? You mean why why the Bengals aren't getting respect? Why does it seem like everyone is down-talking about the way the Bengals played? Said Sunday they looked like shit. And listen, they didn't look great, but we looked better than the Bills. Why aren't we talking about the way the Bills lost? Is it because the perception of we lost another O-lineman, so they're just piling it on? Yeah, I think it's a combination of the fact that the Bengals didn't look great plus the fact that they now have lost maybe the most important position on the line. And now you're going to regress to somebody that has clearly not been what the Bengals have needed him to be over the last couple of years. So all of a sudden you, you put all those factors together and you're going to Buffalo and the Bengals have no shot in the eyes of everybody that's talking about this game. Now, what I will say is I tried to reword it there. <laughs> uh, I have started to see over the last couple of days more and more people in the national narrative pick the Bengals. I always like whether it's college basketball, whatever it is, when I'm following a team as closely as I follow a team, whether it's, you know, any team around here, the Bengals, whatever. I always like to get a bigger perspective from the national media of what right. what people outside of the Cincinnati market or whatever market you're listening in because you start to get some thoughts that are maybe more objective or from the flip side of that coin is they might not know as much as the people that are in Correct. your city because they're not covering the team as much. But on the other hand, you're getting that outside perspective. You're starting to see people from the national narrative. If you go to different sites now and you start to see, because as the week gets later in the week, you, the, the, the predictions will come out, whether mm -hmm. it's against the spread or whether it's straight up, doesn't matter. You'll start to see people make predictions. And I, I'm looking last night, a site that we get a lot of pub to that we don't get a dollar from, The Athletic. I think they had maybe 12 writers pick the game, 12-14. And I'd say it was 50-50, if not 60-40, Bengals. So you're starting to see more and more confidence, okay. I guess, okay. from the national narrative. But you're still getting the slight to the point, to, to your point, where I, I do think that the Bills have just this perception that, I don't want to say it's going to be a walk in the park, but for some reason there is this perception that they're going to win. And it may not, it, it may be a close game, but it won't be a game where if you're a Bills fan, you're worried about it. And I don't really know where that's coming from. Maybe I'm overestimating how much credit the Bills are getting. I don't know. Well, the, Bill, the Bills won the Super Bowl in the offseason. That's true. They, they, so, did, they did get the Lombardi Trophy delivered to Buffalo, handed, handed to them before the season even started. You're absolutely right. But the, the one thing that no one's talking about is the way that our quarterback played better than their quarterback. Josh Allen is liver. They, they live by the sword and they die by the sword. And Josh Allen is their sword. He turns the ball over three times. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow completes 70% of his passes. Doesn't do anything flashy, but wins us the ball game. And Josh Allen almost single-handedly lost that game for Buffalo. And now he's going to play a better defense this Sunday. A team that averages two turnovers in their five po over two turnovers in their five postseason games over the past two years. A guy who is incredibly turnover prone. A guy who looks bad ever since Brian Dayball left and went to New York and, and made Danny Dimes look to finally be a franchise quarterback. I don't know. I'm missing something here.
Yeah, I mean, I think it really just boils down to the Buffalo Bills had Josh Allen and that success earlier than the Bengals' success. And this the Buffalo Bills were handed the Super Bowl in the offseason, right? I mean, everyone had them as favorites. Um, I think they look at the, the narratives and possibly the fact that they're playing us again in Buffalo with a DeMar Hamlin return might have something to do with it. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you 100%. The, the better team last Sunday, in my opinion, was the Bengals. And for them to say that this is going to be a blowout, a lot of national pundits, a lot of just fans, and even Bengals fans, they're worried. They're super worried about this game. But if you really look at it holistically, the upgrade or the the perceived downgrade from Jonah Williams to Jackson Carmen is not as steep as people Correct. think. Right? Or they shouldn't think that way. But I think they look at it and they go, oh, three starting offensive linemen down for the Bengals. There's no way that they can win this game. But – you look at how the Bengals got the Super Bowl last year, and it's pretty much the same offensive line that took them to the Super Bowl. So for me, it's more of a, a not a complete understanding of who this Bengals team is, why we're so good. It's they think that it's our offense when that's just not the case. Our defense, we like I said the last couple shows before, our team is a defense centric team, and it has been. We just get blinded by the fact that we have all these weapons and the potential that we could have been, right? I think we could have very well been a great offensive team, but it's just not shaping up that way right now. This Beagle's defense, I I have no statistics other than that Josh Allen turns the ball over at a very high rate, but the Bengals are going to get after him and they're going to get a turnover. With the way that he plays, it's just not sustainable. Um, it's a... Uh, Anomaly, kind of what uh, Sam said from PFF earlier on. Right. I mean, the Spingles defense is going to have their opportunities. And when they get their opportunities, they capitalize. Say ho. I think the narrative would be a lot different going into the game if, if the Bengals had Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams healthy. I'll, I'll, I'll throw the LC part out because he got hurt right. a few weeks ago. Three weeks, yeah. But I feel like the narrative would be different. If they had those two guys still starting on the offensive line, so you have 40 or five opening day starters or week one starters, then this would be looked at as the Bengals. I don't know about being the favorite in Vegas because it's in Buffalo, but I think they'd be the the, the public favorite. The, 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 you know, the, the average football fan would be picking the Bengals right now over the Bills if there was not this narrative because of what happened the last two years with the Bengals' offensive line. We saw it in Nashville last year, nine sacks against Burrow, against the Titans. Uh, we saw it in the Super Bowl. I think that's the offensive line narrative because everything Reed lays out makes sense. If you just look at it objectively, it makes sense. Burrow played better than Allen. The Bengals played better than Buffalo. Like, no one talks about Buffalo struggling against the Dolphins. And I saw, I forget, I forget who tweeted it, but the Dolphins' offensive line was all shifted around. And, and there was backups in there, and they moved things around. Yeah, they were in bad shape, too. So, I mean... Bill's defensive line is not great. Not without Von Miller. Right? It's not with, great. Without that pass rush. Good for us. And, and this is where we go to the next topic, which is the pulse check on Jackson Carmen. I need a pulse check <laughs> on Bengals fans because Casey brings up an incredible point. 
Why are we acting like Jonah Williams was an all-pro Andrew Whitworth gold jacket tackle? He gave up more sacks than anybody in the league. And I know Jackson Carmen played like dog doo-doo on Sunday. But, I mean, to, to me, to give an analogy to another sport, it's like you're, you're subbing in one reliever that has a 5 ERA and going to a guy that has a 6.5 ERA. It's the Reds' what, bullpen. What's it matter? The line is pretty much in a similar stance than it was a week ago. Yeah, if they had Alex Kappa, it would be different, different in my mind. No doubt. I think if Kappa was playing, I would feel a lot more confident that Bro wasn't going to get sacked six times in this game. I wish he might not. Like, we is, might be talking about. Is there an over under on that? We, we, uh, I'm sure you could. Just take the over on every pass rusher from the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> Casey. Can I, push, can I push back a little bit on the Kappa thing, too, though? Push back. Push as far as you want. Max Sharping played on a terrible Texans team, and he was average. I mean, the Texans' offense was miserable. And I think there's not really a big discrepancy between Kappa and Sharping, in my opinion. Now, Kappa is definitely one of our best offensive linemen, and I think he's undervalued. But you're going from above average to average, in my opinion. And what difference does that really make at the guard position when they don't really have the defensive line to take advantage of it. They got to send in other pressure from other means. So I don't know. I think this just shapes up really well for the Bengals. And uh, if they were playing like, I don't know, if they're playing 49ers, I think that's a reasonable discussion that we can have with sure. Bosa and, and whoever they, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they have a really good defense attack. They have a really good defensive front. The Bills don't. Their defense is in shambles right now. They don't have a really, I mean, Without Poyer, with him being hurt, with DeMar Hamlin in that situation, and now he's not playing either. I mean, I think the Bengals are looking at this like this is a, a great opportunity. They're being looked at as underdogs. And I don't know how the Bills players look at this, but I would be scared. And I brought this up in the, in the other show too. They're, our defensive line matches up way better against their offensive line. I'd be scared as a Bills fan. I would. The key is to keep Joe Burrow, JB9, upright, and to force Josh Allen a couple turnovers. If we do those two things, you got to like the Bengals' chances. The Bengals have not won a game where they, Joe Burrow has been sacked five times, correct? Yes. I, I believe they're 0-3 on that. So keep him upright, turn Josh Allen over, and you got to like our chances. Well, you say they haven't won a game. Oh, you're talking about this year? This year. Okay. Okay. Casey, can you look up for me? I don't even know. I, I've never used PFF, so I don't know how to filter the site. But can you look up for me where the Bills' uh, defensive line grades as a whole, instead of just their individual grades, do they do that? Like, out of every team in the league? So it's 27. Oh, it's 27. Like, just as a whole, just combining oh, everything. Oh, you mean you mean everything. Okay. Yeah, I can look at it. I'm just, I'm just curious – out, uh, from PFF standpoint, you know, I don't know what kind of stat you want to look at, whether it's sacks or whatever. I'm just, just give me an idea on PFF where the Bills' defensive line stands. That's all I'm asking. Anyone in the chat going to Buffalo? Yeah, is anyone going to Buffalo? Uh, Casey and Brandon are going once this uh, PlayStation 2 All Star Baseball 2005 <laughs> gets so signed. I will be going as well. It is signed by Tom Brenneman. It is currently for auction. 1,000. U.S. American dollars will we'll get you this. Put it on eBay, Facebook Marketplace, all the places, all your normal retail sites coming soon. But uh, guys, 
Eight quarterbacks are left in the postseason. Eight teams are left in the postseason. It's the divisional round. So I went through, and I'm going to give you the rankings of how I think all eight quarterbacks okay. line up going into the divisional round. I'll do it too. All right. We'll start it off with number eight. Coming in at dead last, and I don't think this should surprise you guys far too much, and I know this is going to break Paul's heart. Oh, no. It's, this, is, this is right. Danny Dimes is without a doubt the eighth best. We're not going to say the worst quarterback. He's the eighth best because, remember, there are eight teams remaining, so all teams are very good. All quarterbacks are going to be pretty pretty fair as well. Danny Dimes played fantastic. and He passed for over 300 yards, ran for over 70, but against the Minnesota Vikings defense, which is uh, one of the fourth, four worst defenses in the entire leagues. I mean, he diced up one of the, the worst defenses in the league, and now everyone's going to give him flowers. Danny Dimes under Brian Dable has been fantastic. He's still the worst quarterback, still in the postseason. Seventh, and I'm putting him at seventh not because of his play, because if you're going strictly off of his play over the past few weeks, he might quite quite possibly have played the best, and that's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, no one scored more points since Brock Purdy has taken over as the starting quarterback. The simple fact of the matter is he hasn't played a whole lot. We haven't seen what he's done over a year time. And not to mention, he's playing with quite possibly the best weapons that the NFL has seen since, what, the 90s Rams? The late 90s, the greatest show on turf? I mean, they are an absolute wagon. And Brock Purdy isn't being a game manager. He is making plays. Make no bones about it. That being said, we just haven't seen a whole lot of him. He was drafted last for a reason. And we'll see if he can shake that this week against a very good Cowboys team. But... Until we see it for a longer period of time, he's the seventh best quarterback. And speaking of that Cowboys team, Dak Prescott is the sixth best quarterback still playing this week. And guys, where else could I put him? This was the easiest guy to place on the entire list. He's clearly better than Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones, but he's clearly not better than anybody else in front of him. He's coming off his, his best game that he's played. And the Cowboys score a whole lot of points. But the simple fact of the matter is, is Dak Prescott leads the league in turnovers despite missing a third of the season. And when the Cowboys find themselves in a position to lose, it's often because of their franchise quarterback at Dak Prescott. I think that Dak Prescott can win a Super Bowl with the team that is around him. But I think it is because the team around him and not because of him. He doesn't propel you to greatness. He is simply the sixth best quarterback still in the postseason. This is where it's going to get a little dicey, guys. This is where we shake it up. I think almost everyone would have had those three in the bottom three. I think the fifth best quarterback still playing is Jalen Hurts. He was an MVP before he was hurt, but running is still a major part of his game. We're looking at the games going forward. And it's explosive when it works, but you got to be a little worried when you got a banged-up running quarterback, and I've brought it up multiple times, they perfected the QB sneak. They ran it twice as much as any other team in the league. Third and short, Jalen Hurts QB sneak. Fourth and short, Jalen Hurts QB sneak. Can he do that when he's banged up? Time will tell. We'll see if this offense is still the same offense that we saw throughout the season. But until we can see if they're a little worried about running him as much as they have, I don't feel comfortable putting Jalen Hurts any higher. And this is where I'm going to lose some of you guys. And I don't know. I haven't been looking at the chats. But 
So I'm going to lose some of you. The fourth best quarterback still playing this week, Josh Allen. No one wins their games and no one loses their team's games more than Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he's Brett Favre. He's the son of Beast. You know, watching him is thrilling. If you ever rode the Son of Beast, you know about, if you rode that thing about 10 times, nine times, eight times out of 10, it was a heck of a thrill. It was great. Fantastic. But every once in a while, it'll make you swear off riding roller coasters ever, ever again. And that's Josh Allen. They live or die by him. And ever since Brian Dayball went to the Giants, he has regressed. He's gotten a little worse. And he's been fantastic to this point in his career in the postseason, Sands last week. But I seriously have some problems with him turning the ball over in the red zone, with him trying to be the cowboy, with him trying to be the hero every single game that they ask him to be. I think he's the fourth best quarterback. Uh, where do we rank on the Josh Allen career trajectory if the Bengals win this game? Like, he's still young. So I don't want to say. Old, just as old as Joe Burrow. I don't want to say that there's a. Yeah, but I mean, I would say. Right. I would say Joe's. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to craft this narrative that, you know, he can't win the big one just because he lost a once-in-a-lifetime game to the Chiefs last year in Correct. a game where he didn't get the ball in overtime. I don't want to craft that narrative. But you know that inevitably, if the Bengals win this weekend, that would mean that the Bengals have beat the Chiefs in the postseason. They beat the Chiefs three times in a row overall. They looked great against the Bills for nine minutes two weeks ago. And then the Bengals would have won in the divisional game to go to the AFC Championship. You're, you're going to start to get a lot more rumblings around Joe Burrow and the Bengals and, on the flip side, the Bills. If Josh Allen and the Bills lose this game, it's not an indictment. No. On the Bills whatsoever. No. And there will be pundits that try to twist that turn out of it, but... The better story would be the fact that Joe Burrow continues to win games like this. That's the better story. So I don't think this is I don't think we look at Josh Allen any worse if they lose this game. I don't either. Okay, so you asked me to dig up some holistic how's the uh, defensive line, right? Yes, please. So so I couldn't find an exact stat that you're looking for, but here is what I will say. Okay. You will they you were, will say this. Dollar <laughs> no buzzer. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the Bills pass rush has been 27th ranked the last since Von Miller's gone down. Okay. But even with Von Miller, they were ranked almost they were ranked 25th in run defense. The only thing that they can do to to stop the run is Matt Milano and Edmonds. Now, here's the thing. They run a lot of nickel. They don't run a lot of 4-3 or 5-2 where they stack the box a bit more. They like to play with a lighter defense. Sure. This week, I think it's imperative that they take advantage of that and run the ball. And I think we actually saw a bit of that early on in that Bengals game. To me, this the weakness of this Bills defense is the fact – that they can't just stack the box or cover. They, they, we, if we play balance, I think we, we can tear up their defense. 
just from what I'm looking at here. Um, and I mean, the only guy that you have to really worry about on the Bills team, and I said this a couple weeks ago when we were going to play them, is Gregory Rousseau. And I was just looking at some of his stats, and he's, he's like a Sam Hubbard. So if you're worried about a Sam Hubbard destroying your game, you know, he's not a, he's not a Trey Hendrickson. He's not a TJ Watt. He's not a Von Miller. He is like our, our Sam Hubbard. And to me, that does not frighten me as much as it would if it was Von Miller. And I don't think Bengals fans should be worried about, about him as much as they do. They treat him like a Von Miller, like an Aaron Donald, like a TJ Watt. I mean, and I think part of it is just the overhypeness of the Bills in general. I, I'm, okay. I say, I say overhypeness. I, I don't know if that's the correct word. It's probably not. But the Bills get a lot of love, and I don't think the defensive line is where it's at. Well, I hope, the, I hope that, that answers your question. Yeah, that does. That does. That does. I just wanted an idea, a, a general idea. I mean, I know we've heard a lot from from uh, you know our guys today on off the bench and now that so i'm just just a more well-rounded picture but go finish your qb list all right getting back thank you casey <laughs> so we got three left trevor lawrence is the third best quarterback and i couldn't place him higher than this and listen he had four turnovers in his first postseason game if you want to comp for trevor lawrence trevor lawrence was the best high school player in the country he was the best college player in the country. He was the number one pick. He showed success in his second year after a lackluster rookie season. Who was the last play player to check all those boxes? Anyone? Peyton Manning. Six foot five, six foot six, similar frame. And like I said, struggled the first year, came back postseason. And if you want to think, oh man, Peyton Manning drawing comparisons to Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor Lawrence won a playoff game. In his second season. You know how many seasons it took Peyton Manning to win his first playoff game? He won his first playoff game in his sixth season. For frame of reference, Patrick Mahomes, he's in his fifth season and we're already tired of hearing about him. So Peyton Manning took longer than we've seen of Patrick Mahomes to win a playoff game. And he's going to continue to get better. And though he put them in quite the hole with four turnovers, he pretty much single-handedly won them that game back. Number two, Joe Burrow. He's the second-best quarterback in the, in the QB postseason. He's the second-best quarterback on the planet Earth right now. And you can't quantify it. And this might get moans and groans, but dude's a winner. And, yeah, he's got great weapons around him. He's incredibly accurate. But what he's done, he has completely brainwashed a city that I'm a part of that previously thought that we were cursed, that we were losers, and JB9 has brainwashed us into believing that we're going to win every game that we walk into. He has single-handedly done that. The team is great around him, but Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in this postseason. And there's only one guy on planet Earth that you'd rather have as your quarterback, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And I know there's a lot of fatigue about Patrick Mahomes, especially in this offense. But man, the dude almost broke the passing record after losing Tyreek Hill. You remember last year when we said, we'll see what he does without Tyreek Hill. Well, he comes back and he almost breaks the passing record. He has his team, which is probably the worst rounded roster in the postseason, at least on the AFC side. 
He has them as the number one seed, has them as the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl, and he's done it without his number one court, his number one receiver being gone for, for nearly two months. And granted, he's got better, one of the best tight ends probably in the history of the game, but my man is just immaculate, and I don't think that you can make a sensible argument to say that he's not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Guys, sure. any 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 problems with that list? Uh, I'll run. I won't detail my reasons, but I'll run through it real quick. My list was Daniel Jones at eight, Brock Purdy at seven. I had Trevor Lawrence sixth. Okay. I had Dak Prescott fifth, Jalen Hurts fourth, Allen third, Burrow second, Mahomes first. That was my list. I'd probably go more the lines of what you just said, Paul. Okay. Not high on Trevor Lawrence. Not yet. Um, I just want I just want a more a bigger sample size from Trevor Lawrence, because is this is is this game against the Chiefs? Do we get the first half against the Chargers? Do we get the second half against the Chargers? I need a bigger sample size. Still young, right? We'll I mean, see. I mean, if you get both, you win a game, right? <laughs> Not against <laughs> the Chiefs, saying. though. I, I mean, is that true though? I mean, I don't know. I I am very high on the Jags. I would have probably put Trevor. What did you have him at? Three? Three. I Only behind Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. I probably would have put him at four. Um, Danny Dimes is at eight. Brock Purdy at seven. Dak at five. You Trevor skipped, at four. He skipped six. Who am I? Who am six I comes between. Jalen Hurts. Okay, Jalen Hurts. Okay, so I would have had Pat, Joe, Allen, Trevor, Jalen, Dak, Purdy, Dimes. I, I think the only way you can get this list wrong is if you don't have Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones in the bottom two and you don't have Patrick Mahomes as number one. Any any shake of the middle, you can, yeah. I don't think you can put Dak Prescott above five. Five's, five is as high as you can put him. But this list can't be wrong as long as you have Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, the last two, and Patrick Mahomes as number one. Fair fiction. Fair or false. Uh, I wouldn't put Joe Burrow sixth. That list would be wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. I just don't want the chat to get all over you on that one. That's fine. Uh, all right. Let's break it into – you guys remember last week? Let's we did, go. We Let's did buy, buy or sell. Buy or sell. Buy, 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 buy. Sell, buy sell, 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 sell. We need to get those, need to get those buttons. Yeah, if you want to buy, there's a $1,000. We got to put – if it doesn't sell, which – the unlikely scenario in which it doesn't sell. Maybe we'll put it up against the, the producer's table and keep it up there. Um, guys, we did buy or sell last week on all six postseason games. I don't remember exactly what they were, and I don't remember how well our takes listed. But I've got four more buy or sell scenarios for the games this weekend. And I'll lead it off with you, Paul. The first game this week, this Saturday in the afternoon, is the AFC divisional game between the Jaguars going in to Kansas City. Are you buying or selling that Arrowhead will be too much for Trevor Lawrence? It won't be too much. Anybody that's played at the highest level of college football like Trevor Lawrence has does not get overwhelmed by an NFL atmosphere. I, I, I do not – to say that I don't think the, NF, the home field advantage doesn't matter in the NFL is probably too strong, but home field in the NFL – is way too overvalued in my eyes as far as a noise perspective for all of these guys that played in the biggest levels of college football, which they all did. If you're still playing at this point, you know, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're playing in the national championship, you're playing at Clemson, all those things, 
that means that you have the experience in front of crowds. Look at Joe Burrow and Death Valley, all that. I don't think Arrowhead will be too overwhelming for Trevor Lawrence from that perspective. Uh, but I do think that they I, – I don't think the Jaguars keep this one close. And I don't think it's because of Arrowhead. I think it's just because – the, the Chiefs, Chiefs are better. I think the Chiefs are just better. Selling yeah. that arrowhead will be too much, but you are still buying that. I'm Chiefs, still buying the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs are going to cover. All right, Brandon, buying or selling that arrowhead will be too much for young Prince Trevor Lawrence. Selling arrowhead is fun. I was there for the AFC Championship game last year. It was electric. It is the loudest NFL stadium I've ever been to, and I think statistically it shows that. Uh, I am putting some faith in the Jags making it a close game. I don't know if I'll publicly say they're going to win. I want them to win, but I do. I'm selling. I don't think it'll be too much for him. Like uh, Paul said, he played in the biggest games. He won national champion, a champ, national championship. He'll be fine. I don't know about his team. Will be fine uh, going up against the Chiefs, but the uh, crowd won't be too much for him. Casey, buying or selling? Yeah, I'm selling too. Um, I think uh, I think this is a uh, test that Trevor Lawrence can can get done. I won't be surprised that they win. Ooh. I believe that they'll cover. I, I, I'm like 95% sure that they'll cover this game. I think it'll be a close game. But, um, yeah, I'm, i got to sell that. This is where I have conflicting takes, and I think that this actually – I am buying this. Trevor Lawrence, though I just put him at number three as the third best quarterback in the postseason, I think that Arrowhead I, – I do put stock in home field advantage in the NFL – I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team still in the postseason. And the big part of that is because of they got home field advantage until the Super Bowl. They've got the best coach in the postseason. They got Patrick Mahomes. I think Trevor Lawrence is still young. He's gonna make a mistake or two. He's not gonna be flawless. And it's just gonna he's just gonna succumb to it. If he couldn't play well for a first half at home, I don't see him playing overly well in Kansas City. All right, buying or selling the Saturday night game. That the Eagles will remind everyone why they were Super Bowl favorites. We've kind of forgotten yeah. about the Eagles because Jalen Hurts has been hurt for a month. Are you buying that the Eagles remind everyone that they are Super Bowl favorites? I am buying that because they're playing the Giants, and I think it's a great way to get right against the team in your division. So that's what I will say. Brandon? I buy as well. Fly, Eagles, fly. Bye, bye, bye. So we're out on the Giants, as this is what I'm is what I'm getting. Well, I mean Paul, that's, that's oh, I'm not out Dimes. on I'm not on I'm not out on Danny Dimes. I may be out on the Giants, but I'm okay. not out on the Danny Dimes. Casey, you buying that the Eagles will remind everyone where they are Super Bowl favorites? He's selling it, I can tell. Um I'm selling. I think they Ooh. still win, but I don't think they win convincingly. I think it's uh I think all the games this weekend really I don't see any blowouts. I think I see a lot of close games. I think I see a lot of covers that people are just chalking up as uh, as blowouts. The thing about the the Giants that I love is that this defense is coming together at the right time, and they're getting pressure at the right time. And with the uncertainty of Jalen Hurts and his injury, and if he will actually be 100%, I just can't see them – convincing the whole world that they're the Super Bowl favorites, especially with the way the 49ers have been playing. I think I'm buying. I think I'm buying. I think they win this one pretty handily. I think the Giants are the worst team in the postseason still still around. So give me give me the Eagles covering. I think they, they show everyone, similar to how we were just talking about how great the 49ers looked all week. 
I think we're going to have a similar story this week. All right. That gets us to the Bengals-Bills. The Bengals' offensive line will get bullied. Buying or selling? Mm, uh, uh, I'll sell it. I'll sell it just because of what Casey and uh, uh, Monson and, and Rapine have talked about this morning. I'll sell it, but I'm not very confident in this sell. I'll be honest. I still have concerns. Valid concerns, but I'll sell it. Go ahead, Brandon. I'll sell it as well. I think they're going to get they'll, they'll take some we'll take some punches. I mean, they'll have to battle, but I don't think they're going to get bullied. I, I see Bro getting sacked three maybe four times, which is under that five number. Well, that to that to me would be bullied. So I'll eh, I, I will well, buy, three sacks to me is bullied. So I'll I'll buy that if if the bully, bully to me that. after what I saw last year is seven to nine sacks in a game. The bullied yeah. line is officially at three and a half. All right. So under that, three, you're not bullied. Over three, he's bull, they're bullied. All right, well, I said three to four. So I'll take the under. And uh, now I'm forgetting when I'm, I'm selling them getting okay. bullied. Casey. Casey. Yeah, I'm going to sell two. Um, I, think, I, think they, uh, I think they battle it out. But I don't think that they give up more than four sacks. I mean. Wow. Synergy here. I just That, that would be really tough for me to see. And then win the game. And I think they're going to win the game. How so. wild would it be if we're sitting here on Monday morning talking about the Bills winning 35-21 to 21 and Joe Burrow did not get sacked one time? That's enough. That would be wild. That's enough, Paul. You know where the Bengals rank this season in, in sacks? Just think defensively, getting to the quarterback, Trey, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. You know where we rank in the NFL? Where? I guess like eighth. You're guessing eighth? Correct answer was... 28. 28. Okay. Uh. 30, 30 sacks. That's under half of what the Eagles have. The Eagles have 70 sacks. The next closest team is 15 sacks away. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs at 55. Yikes. The Dallas Cowboys, 54. Patriots, 55. I just threw out a random number. It's all right. We're all right. We're still winners. All right. Final game, which is the Sunday night game. And besides the Bengals-Bills game is probably... The most marquee game on, on the slate. Cowboys 49ers. Dak Prescott coming off of his best game of his career. He'll fall to the mean. And the 49ers will roll. Bye, 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 bye. Staples button. Need one of those. Bye, 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 bye. Yes. You're thinking Dak Prescott, who led the league in turnovers, is going to fall back to the mean. Bye, bye, bye. Yes. All right. Brandon, buying or selling that Dak Prescott's going to struggle this, this Sunday? Selling it. I think it's going to be a competitive game, and I'm going to take the Cowboys to win it. Wow. Ooh. The boys. That, that, that's throwing in some money. Casey? Um, buying is that he will struggle, right? Correct. Buying is that he will – yeah, he will struggle. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm buying. I can't I can't get over the fact that the 49ers defense is that good. So Yeah, I think if the Cowboys were playing literally any other defense, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, eh, maybe not the Eagles. But pretty much any other defense, 
I'm going to say that Dak Prescott has another good game, but I just I think the 49ers defensively are, are too astute. I think Dak Prescott, um, kind of the opposite of Joe Burrow when it when it comes down to crunch time, you don't you don't have a whole lot of faith in him him coming in and winning that game. So I think he falls back to the mean, and and struggles a little bit. So that's our buy sell. All right, we're a little we're little buying, we're selling, doing everything, auctioning. Hey, yeah. By the way, still, still for sale. Hasn't been sold yet since we started. Is this it year. actually on sale? No, it's not on sale. Oh, I wouldn't it put it be. past you. Look at that. Look at that camera. Look at there. Let's see if we can get the autograph. On the leg. It's on the yeah, leg. That's on the leg. Tell me, be good. special. What's that? Uh, what if we get Jeter to sign it too? Then you can get it. Maybe. What's that channel that they sell stuff that old people always buy stuff on the phone? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just a channel where they just like auction off jewelry. QVC? Is that what it is? QVC? Yeah. 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 We should we should call into there and see if they could sell a Tom Brenneman signed 2005 All-Star Baseball by acclaim. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> and I'm going to hurt my selling. I'm going to hurt my selling point here, but you guys want to see something funny? There's no Don't tell us there's no disc in there. Paul <laughs> Casey put put it on this camera real quick. What's in there? It's not even the right game. That is a completely twisted metal, different game. So you can't even buy All-Star Baseball 2005. So the price has gone down to $995, unfortunately. <laughs> you still get the autograph. You still get the case. But you don't actually get All-Star Baseball 2005. All right, guys. I crafted. I thought about this all week. And I have crafted a reason why Buffalo, not the team, but the city sucks. Because this isn't just a battle of wills. This isn't just a battle between our two teams. This is a battle against cities. Cincinnati versus Buffalo. And this is a detailed reason, step by step, of why Cincinnati is better than Buffalo. And we're going to start off with the obvious. And that is Buffalo gets 90 inches of snow a year compared to Cincinnati. Paul, do you like snow? I enjoy it, but not 90 inches of it. Do you, so you like our snow here. Would you like to multiply that by about six or seven times? No, I'm good. You're good. All right, so that sucks. <laughs> Buffalo wings are so freaking dry, guys. They're terrible. You know what isn't terrible? Chili. Nice and saucy. It's not dry at all. I mean, we've all had bad Buffalo wings. Have you had bad Cincinnati chili? Never. I've never had bad Cincinnati chili. That's correct. What about the water features? What do they have? Over there in Buffalo, Niagara Falls. Cool. Your water falls. I prefer my water to flow like the Ohio River. Gravity. Cool. Let's keep it going going downstream. Flowing is better than falling. The city of Cincinnati has lost three Super Bowls. Buffalo lost four in a row, guys. Wait, wait. Four in a row? Four in a row. That can't be true. Guys, you know how they make the t-shirts the like Super Bowl champs before the games you know how, like right after the game it says like New England Patriots Super Bowl champs like did they make them for both teams they do and you know what they do with those jerseys those shirts they ship them off to Africa give them to people who need them people in Africa must think the 90s Bills are awesome I mean they just got four straight seasons of Buffalo Bills Super Bowl champions they must think they're great we'll go with this final piece who is the most famous athlete from Cincinnati? Genuine question. Johnny Bench. I was going to say King Griffey Jr. Uh, Oscar Robinson. Anthony Munoz. King Griffey Jr. I mean, 
Not a whole lot of controversy surrounds them, right? There's no controversy at all surrounding them at all. I don't know who the best, hang on, most famous Buffalo athlete. Oh, no. Orenthal. Orenthal. James Simpson. Has there been anything that he's got in trouble with? Oh, man. All right, let's go in the vault. Buffalo sucks. Paul, you got any picks for us? <laughs> Put that on the screen. Well, we, have a, we have well, we have my sign that I'm taking to the game, which supports your cause. Oh, yes, I got that printed out. It's the uh, biggest waste of like 25 bucks at Staples ever. Brandon, I will be sure to take a picture of that if it gets on TV, or uh, I'm sure anybody 100%. listening will take it as well. Hopefully, and that and the mustache together. All right, let's go in the vault. Vault, Paul, start us off. What you got for us, don't big steal, dog? Don't steal oh. my pick. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, tonight, Boise State. I want to make sure the line hasn't moved. Let me check the bet Fred line. I had it at plus three last night. So if we can get it at plus three, take it. Uh, you know who they're playing, Reed? Who are they playing? New Mexico. The Lobos. The Low Blows. The Your guys. Low Blows. On Friday night. All right, go ahead, Brandon. I am taking the powerhouse that is... Villanova, plus four against St. John's. St. John's last win was against uh, the fraudulent top five or top ten UConn Huskies. UConn, or, uh, Villanova needs a win to get back to 500. I think that is an easy win, plus four. Right, so Sorry, wait, wait, you're, wait. Be you're betting on Villanova? Yes. We have two rules, Brandon. Don't care. I Look, I was right. Again. You said don't bet on Kentucky. I won one of my biggest biggest bets of the of the. I said a year. The 20 days I've been, it's been legal to bet in Ohio on Kentucky. Yeah, and if you rob a bank, you'll leave with a bunch of money. I don't care. There's rules, Brandon. They're winning this game. Paul agreed with me uh, privately. Do it publicly. You can't. You can't. Do you, are you going to bet on Villanova? Whether I'm going to bet on them or not, I don't know. But I did think Villanova plus four in this spot is a, is a, is a fair play. Did you watch Mike Anderson's coaching clinic in the, the all-access, no commercials? That's a good point. I, it's something I didn't consider. Use coaching's circles around Sean Miller. We don't bet on Nova. We don't bet on Kentucky, and we're close to not betting on UConn. We're close. I think we're, we. Might I bet there. against UConn. Sir, sir, well, I bet on them to win the first half, and that that was pretty successful. And then they blew a fourteen point lead in the, the first half for Sir Boy. So Sir Boy's got them on. <laughs> sir Boy said we don't bet UConn. Casey, you got a parlay for us? Uh, I do not have a parlay. Ooh. I did not work on one because I was so down bad this morning. I didn't even really look at any of the lines until you just brought up the vault. But <laughs> I really, really am liking the Hawks right now. Um, they've been treating me well. It's a system play. My sources say that they're a good bet. Who are your sources? Uh, Don't air them out. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Minus three. Guys, I'm looking at these lines. And boy, oh boy, I don't, I don't, I don't like anything. Did did you guys you guys went into that a fact that I was a point away from from winning a thousand dollar parlay right I was I feel so bad Reed, that was sorry. tough What stinks more is looking back at it we lost by three points and they Arizona State hits a buzzer beater from beyond half court at the end of um, the first half so that ended up ruining it I think we knew when that went in I think you and I both knew that we had issues. 
We no had doubt. issues. No doubt. No so. doubt. Um, if I'm going to take anything, and I'm looking at college basketball lines, man, there's just not a whole lot of good action here tonight. Nova. How about this? We have the whole week ahead of us. There is something that I really like, and that is tomorrow. They're the both heavy favorite games. That is, the, the Chiefs are heavy favorites, and so are the Eagles. They're over a touchdown favorites. I like a lot both those teams to cover, but even more so, I like teasing that down. I believe you can get the Chiefs to about two and a half. I said this on Not Too Picky yesterday. You can get the Chiefs at two and a half. You can get the Eagles at minus one and a half. The juice on that is about minus 120 on those two things to happen. The Eagles to win by two and the Chiefs to win by three. That'll probably be my biggest bet of the weekend for both those teams to, to win outright. So that's what I like this weekend. That is my end of all. Nice. Let's go. All right. You know where we're going to lunch. Where are we going? Do we even need to spin the Billy wheel? Billy Yanks? It's Friday. Oh, I didn't think about that. Billy Yanks. There's two on the there are two two things on the wheel then that we're gonna have to spin for. Put them on there twice. Gina's and Billy Yanks. We go to Gina's every Friday, but I forgot Billy Yanks isn't open until Friday. Or they're only open on Friday, whatever it is. So Gina's and Billy Yanks, only only things on the list. Only things on the list. So read there's Put no them on there twice, Casey. There's no bet for you to win to go to Buffalo now. Are we done with those? The only bet I have is that this 2005 All-Star Baseball case with Twisted Metal Black in, on the inside um, sells for $1,000. All right. Well, good luck. I'll probably throw something out there. Yeah. We might, we might get a little bold. By the way, not too picky card. Up God. Eight, up 18 units. Smacking. And I didn't get it in. I was busy when you sent the Buffalo Parlay or else I was going to put a $50 Fred bet on it. I didn't get it in. And, of course, it hit. Almost only counts in horseshoes. and uh, I know. Would have been oh, a $600 winner. Well, two, two nights ago, I think we only missed by Louisville. So out of the three picks that we put in there. No, the, oh, the total in there. We only went one for three that Don't night. let facts get in the way of a good story. It's okay. All right, so we're going to spin this three times. What? Spin it. Why three? Well, we're going to have to eliminate one. Oh. Unless the oh, same no, one no, gets no, eliminated no, 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 no. I really want Billy Yanks, guys. Keep going. Ugh! Ugh! Oh, if you want Billy Yanks, we can go there. We just had burgers yesterday, guys. So we can go there. No, we just we just eliminated Gina's. We'll do it. We'll listen to the wheel. All right. Eliminate Gina's. Eliminate. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I think we know where we're going anyway. But spin the wheel. It's gonna it's gonna land on it's gonna land on Gina's. No, it didn't. Heck yes. Billy Yanks. Good win, boys. Good win, boys. Billy Don't have to That's a good win. That's a good win. All right. Let's go, That's Nova. Guys, thank you for, for watching. We're going to Billy Yanks. Um, we thank you for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the Bengals going to the AFC Championship in Kansas City. And we'll be actually be looking for tickets because that will happen. Um, we thank you for watching. This has been the Box Lunch presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Thanks, guys.